Welcome to this episode of Litigation Briefs, Media Shorts on Law and Courts. I'm Scott Dodson, a distinguished professor of law at UC Hastings College of the Law and the director of the Center for Litigation and Courts, which produces this series. We've all seen movies or read books that portray stern judges in black robes, presiding over trials, overruling objections, and perhaps even slamming a gavel while yelling, order in the court. No doubt there's a bit of that from time to time, but what do trial judges really do? How are they selected and trained? And what goes on behind the courtroom? Here to help me with these questions are two guests. Susan Greenberg is a California Superior Court judge for San Mateo County. Judge Greenberg, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And Edward Davila is a federal district judge in the Northern District of California. Judge Davila, welcome to the show. Thank you, thanks Scott, thanks for having me. Let's start with the stereotype of the trial judge. There's something to that, right? Well, Susan, did you wanna? Sure, I can tell you that I have never used a gavel. I have, don't even have one on my bench. Uh, but it is definitely, uh, there are times when we do need to keep order in the court. I will also say that I'm not the type of judge that is crotchety or grouchy or screams or yells. Um, I frankly can use my hand or my voice um, in inflection to be able to keep order in the court. So in that regard, that's, that's what, how I handle it. I agree with Susan. I, I don't have a gavel uh, at the bench um, and never had occasion to use one. My sense is that uh, the lawyers, the litigants, and the parties have, have always been able to afford the, the respect that the courtrooms command, both in superior court and in federal court. And, uh, and candidly, you know, we judges benefit from that. Um, we have bailiffs in the state court, and of course, in federal court, we have United States Marshals. And they present a presence that perhaps also affords some <laughs> degree of decorum in the courtroom. So that's helpful. What else uh, besides presiding over trials do you do? Well, in um, we, we do trial work. We do a significant amount of trial in, in federal court in a very uh, diverse category of cases. But a lot of our time is really spent on in our chambers with our law clerks uh, researching and writing. We have a, an incredible amount of motions work on our civil calendars that present. And most of the time we're working on those motions. The law clerks are helping us uh, with their memorandums they draft and draft memos. And uh, we are in chambers working on that. We also do to a certain extent, we do some settlement conferences in our civil cases. And we have the opportunity to meet with uh, with civil litigators when they uh, they agree, and uh, we try to work out uh, those arrangements and, and decisions uh, in an informal matter. But uh, if you don't see us in the courtroom, we're in our chambers and we're we're working. We're definitely we're, we're busy, busy. I'm sure Judge Greenberg is as well. Absolutely. So we also have uh, quite a number of motions and settlement conferences, status conferences, and pretrial conferences where we attempt to settle our, our cases, both civil and criminal. Um, unfortunately, in the state courts, at least in our county, we don't have the same resources. So it's very rare that a judge has access to a research attorney. Uh, there are research attorneys for civil law in motion, 
matters and for the criminal presiding judge for the very intense motions. But if you're a trial judge, you are doing your own research and writing and dealing with the motions on your own, as well as your own settlement conferences. Uh, so if, if you're a trial judge, you're also frankly doing your own jury instructions, which is a lot of work, but also a lot of fun. So like Judge Davila said, if we're not in the courtroom, we're in chambers working on all of those aspects of the trial. What, uh, what kind of cases do you hear and, and how do you get assigned to them? Well, in, in federal court, federal jurisdiction is, is quite vast and quite large. And we, um, as, as trial judges in federal court, we're jacks of all trades, if you will. Um, we get, uh, we have a criminal, an active, very active criminal docket. Uh, we have a very interesting civil docket and we will handle cases that range from patent cases, antitrust cases, various class action uh, cases, um, a, a variety of business type, big business litigation. And you can imagine in Silicon Valley, there's lots of it. We have uh, many of the, the large uh, businesses and um, uh, tech companies are uh, active users in our courts here. So we have a, a, there's no want for cases in our courts. We're assigned the cases through a, uh, it's called a wheel. And it's a random assignment. It's an algorithm of some sort, as is everything in Silicon Valley. But it's a, it's a random assignment. And there are certain ballots that you get issued if you've had a patent case, if you've had an antitrust case or civil rights case. And it's a randomly assigned uh, assignment. Of course, we judges always joke about sometimes we feel the wheel isn't always round. Because <laughs> we get sometimes uh, some cases, and we wonder why did we get this case. But um, that's how it's uh, that's how it's assigned. It's a random assignment, and we keep the case for all for all purposes. It's it's our case for motions for trials. Um, that's how we get them, and they're our case to manage. Interesting. In our state court, at least in San Mateo County, many of our cases are direct assignments based on a direct calendar assignment. So we have, for example, two juvenile judges up at the juvenile court facility and all the here are juvenile cases. We have one probate judge, uh, three family law judges, five civil judges, and then the rest of us do a criminal work, uh, trials, arraignments, pretrial conferences. I happen to be the criminal presiding judge, so I handle all of the felonies. Uh, these assignments as to what area of law we will work in are handed out by our criminal, our, not criminal, our regular, our, our main presiding judge. So we have a presiding judge for two years and then an assistant presiding judge. And they basically uh, give us our assignments every year. We can ask for a specific assignment. Um, and of course, the more seniority we have, the better chance we have of getting that assignment. But um, it's, it's interesting because I've virtually been able to work in all areas of law and tried my hand at all the different uh, types of law that I studied while I was at Hastings, certainly, and that I've done as a lawyer and now get to preside over as a judge. That's great. Let's talk appointment. How do judges become judges? Well, um, I'll defer the state process. Uh, I was a state judge for a, a number of years before uh, I, I, was, uh, I have this job. And the federal appointment is that's a presidential appointment. And as you know, it's an Article Three position. And uh, what that means is it's a lifetime appointment. 
and it requires Senate confirmation. So the process is, it's a lengthy process. Uh, usually there's uh, the senators in each, uh, each state will have committees that they look at, but the Senator makes the recommendation to the White House for individuals that they think uh, they'll send names to the White House of individuals who they think uh, would be a good fit for a district judge um, in their region or a circuit judge uh, in their region. And once that happens, then the, the uh, Department of Justice takes over and uh, well, I should say OLP Office of Legal Policy and the White House Counsel take over and they start uh, doing an investigation. There's a very thorough, thorough FBI background check that you might imagine. The uh, applicant fills out a, a questionnaire, a, a Senate questionnaire that's lengthy and includes, uh, I think you have to put every address you've lived at since the age of 18, as well as employment. It's a very thorough process that uh, winds its way through. Ultimately, there's a, a Senate uh, confirmation hearing. There's a Judiciary Committee hearing where the applicant sits in front of the Judiciary Committee and answers questions of the committee and then hopefully gets voted out of committee uh, with a thumbs up to the Senate. And then it's a wait to see when the Senate will put you on the floor for a vote. And then uh, the vote happens and it's a, it's a very intensive process, thoroughly enjoyable process. Well, I shouldn't say enjoyable. Uh, now I can look back and say enjoyable. It was pretty stressful at the time, but uh, uh, looking back on it, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And again, it's, it's a lifetime tenure. So um, I suppose that scrutiny is, is merited. Wow, absolutely. So it's a little bit different in state court. Uh, you can run for uh, a position, run for election, either against a sitting judge when their term is up or if there is an open seat. And so people do run for election to become a superior court judge. And that's just a campaign process like any other campaign would be. Uh, and it's about a six month or so process, depending on um, how long you campaign. And then there is the other option, which is to uh, put your name in for appointment by the governor of the state of California. And so there's a very long detailed application, does not sound nearly as long or detailed as what Judge Davila went through, but it is a, a difficult process and a very long application. Then you're vetted by different committees and commissions and eventually your name will be presented to either the governor or his judicial appointment secretary. Uh, and then you wait and some people wait for months and other people wait for years and years <laughs> to hear um, it, possibly if they're gonna be appointed as a superior court judge. So it, it can be a relatively short, maybe one year process or it can be uh, frankly up to a four year process. It's, it's difficult to say but um, it's certainly very worthwhile once you obtain the position, I would say. Well, good, I actually wanted to follow up on that and wrap things up with a softball question. What do you like most about being a judge? Uh, let's start with you, Judge Greenberg. I actually love what I do. Um, I love all the different areas of law that I've been privileged to preside over. We're very lucky in San Mateo County to have excellent attorneys for the most part. Uh, frankly, almost all of them are fabulous. And I really enjoy um, talking with them, listening to them, learning from them, helping in, almost in a team effort to decide cases, whether it's civil or criminal. 
Um, sometimes that's not always possible, but often we work as a team. And um, I, I just love, you know, providing the service to the public, to the attorneys in our county, um, and to the litigants. It's, it's really important to me. I would say the only thing I miss from being an attorney is I really miss being in jury trial. I think one of my favorite things ever was, was actually being in the middle of trial, um, cross-examining, making objections, giving closing arguments to the jury. That was super fun for me. But uh, that aside, this is an absolutely wonderful job and I love it. Judge Davila? It's the best job in the world, Professor. Not taking away your job as a law professor, which I'm sure is, is probably equal, but it's the best job in the world. And like, like uh, Judge Greenberg, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy uh, lawyers. I like lawyers in the courtroom. I, I learn so much from them. One thing that I, I really do enjoy is part of our job, as I mentioned, is law clerks. And we get three law clerks. I really enjoy having law clerks come in. Um, they usually serve for about a year or so. And it's just wonderful experience for me to, to sit at our conference table to discuss our, discuss our cases with the law clerks and to hopefully share with them uh, whatever I can about the practice of law and, and uh, the good things about the law and what a good practitioner should be so that when they leave our courts, they're better positioned to be better representatives, not just of uh, having time spent in our chambers, but also of their, their law school, Hastings. And, you know, Professor, I think you, should, you can correct me, but I still think that Hastings has and traditionally has had the most appointments for judgeships in the state of California. I think they still have that record. And I hope that that record can continue with the excellent scholarship that you and your colleagues are teaching at the school. And uh, I, I think I can speak for Judge Greenberg. We welcome, we welcome externs, uh, interns from Hastings to come and work with us in the summers. And I welcome and invite people to uh, apply for clerkships in my, in my courtroom. I, uh, I appreciate having those young scholars in my chambers. They help our work uh, so much. Well, thank you for those kind words. And, and Judge Davila, Judge Greenberg, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so thank much. You. This episode was produced by the Center for Litigation and Courts at UC Hastings College of the Law. If you enjoyed this episode of Litigation Briefs, I hope you'll tune in to future episodes. In fact, I hope you'll consider subscribing to our YouTube channel and audio podcast, which can be accessed through the Center for Litigation and Courts website at sites.ucastings.edu slash CLC. While you're at it, encourage a friend to do the same. This is Litigation Briefs, respectfully submitted, Scott Dodson.